KRXO FM and KRXO HD Oklahoma City, a product of Tyler Media, reaching over 1 million Oklahomans every week. Now, the Outdoor Hour, giving you the inside scoop on the great outdoors on 1077 The Franchise. As long as I can remember, I've been drawn to the outdoors. There's something primal in each of us that awakens when we step outside the bounds of modern society and back into the vast possibilities of the natural world. The more civilized our lives become, the louder our hearts cry for reconnection with our native ways. Failure is imminent, dangers drawing nigh, but approached with reverence and tact, the outdoors return wisdom and gain. In both the outdoors and in life, harvests are fleeting, but lessons and memories abound. With that in mind, we step forth boldly together in pursuit of ourselves outdoors. We are nothing more than tree stand troubadours. Welcome inside the outdoor hour. It is the greatest segment, maybe in the history of radio. Definitely my favorite segment to produce. We've got a lot of good segments on the show. I'm obviously being uh, quite tongue-in-cheek about this. But this is the Outdoor Hour, and we are glad to have you with us this week. I'm Taylor Maples. Todd Lizenby is in the studio with us this week as usual. On the phone lines from down south beyond the Red River, we introduce a friend, Scott Boo. Quigley. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. We don't have many friends south of the Red River, so we uh, we have to take advantage of that when we can. But Scott Quigley is our guest this week from Private Water Fishing. Scott, thanks for joining us inside the Outdoor Hour. Yeah, my pleasure. And and also, I uh, I can claim being a spinner, OU grad. I okay. grew up fishing, and we woke us, so um, both my parents are from Oklahoma as well. So yeah, definitely Okie um, by blood and heart. Todd, do we believe him? Uh, yeah. I mean, we woke is a deep cut. So if you, if you drop, we woke it, you know about Oklahoma, I would say. Yeah, I guess we'll allow it then. Hey Scott, you picked a good week to be here and I got to give him a, a hard time. Joshua Wildman Stratton is not in studio, not on the show this week. He is taking care of some mule deer foundation responsibilities. Um, so my personal opinion, Scott, is you picked a good week to join us. <laughs> Yeah, uh, he's he's a character. I've talked to him quite a bit. He actually fishes on some of our lakes. He's a great guy, and I honestly give him way too much of a hard time with this show, but what are friends for, right? Well, you ought to hear the stuff he says to us when the mics are off. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> Absolutely. Keep your uh, friends close and your enemies closer, right? Well, Scott, we're glad to have you this week. we got a lot of things that I want to get into. For starters, we need to talk about private water fishing um, you guys have done a really cool thing with this company, and we're going to get into that quite a bit. Um, there's been some stuff in the news I want to talk about, but probably first, Todd, I'm going to turn it over to you. We were talking before we came on the air. You had a pretty eventful week this last week. What did you do? Yeah. <laughs> I, You've I, been well, busy. I'll tell you, the first thing I did is on, uh, on I guess it would have been by Monday afternoon, I realized how old I am when I realized how tired I was from – golfing, shooting sporting clays, and bowling. Like those are three kind of I, I don't they're kind of old man activities yeah. and it wore me down. Uh but I had a really good time. I hadn't shot clays in a long time. That was a lot of fun. I I do it infrequently enough that my shoulder was sore yeah. on Monday and then uh then I went and bowled with that sore shoulder on Monday, which did not go well, but it was a lot of fun. 
it's that time of year where I think you really only have a couple weekends left probably to get outside before it gets kind of miserable. Yep, we felt that way. being totally honest. Yeah, we felt that way even just walking the dog in the evenings. But um, we can give a quick shout-out to Zach and his crew at Silverleaf Shotgun Sports. They uh, were a one-time really close friend to the show, but we still like Zach and those guys. Yeah, it was, and that was fun out there. If you've yeah. never been out there, it really is a cool experience how they got it all set up. And we did, it, we did the uh, glamping route where we got the cart cool to go from station that's the only to way station. to do it yeah, honestly yeah, yeah. if you're if you're gonna go out there spend the money to get the cart but so. they're in guthrie they've got a beautiful property up there um it is scenic there's some ravines that you're kind of shooting down over the top of and they do a cool thing at least once a year i know where they will light it and they'll do night shoots and that's pretty cool um yeah so if you're into sporting clays definitely check out silverleaf shotgun sports but you mentioned that, so what did you do? You did uh, golf? Golf at Cedar Valley up yep. in Guthrie. Then we went over and shot clays. Yep. Uh, then uh, Monday after the show, Monday, I went with Todd Huff, one of our co-workers. Yeah. We're in a bowling league. Sure. So went over Monday afternoon and bowled. And, yeah, Monday night I I needed to ice up like I was an old man all of a sudden. So <laughs> Of this old man recreation triathlon that you completed, what was your strongest leg? Golf. Golf? Golf. Okay. And probably because it was first. <laughs> um, I'm not very good at shooting clays. I'm just not. I didn't grow up around guns, so I'm still um, – it's not so much being, like, scared to handle them. I'm just not – I like, I don't know how to aim. I'm just not good at it. I got better as the time went on. Yeah. But we'll just put it this way. I won a lot of money at golf. And I went and shot clays knowing I was going to lose it back, knowing that we were going to come out about even. So That's awesome. Scott, you mentioned you play some golf. Have you ever been a part of, um, and I've heard of this a couple of places, there are, there are tournaments where you'll go play golf like in the morning and then fish in the afternoon or maybe back-to-back days. Have you ever done anything like that? Yeah, yeah, actually um, several times. have got a group of buddies that we'll get together and we'll do uh, – uh, some golf, uh, usually afternoon, uh, start with fishing in the morning, then uh, hit the course uh, in the afternoon, and then we'll also do um, some poker at night. So Ooh. that's our trifecta uh, that we like, um, like fishing chips and then with some, some golf in the middle. I like that. You said fish, fish and, and chips. chips. I like that, yeah. So how does that work? My understanding typically is you, pl- you play your round of golf, whether it's first or second, whatever, do you then subtract the number of inches of fish you catch from your golf score? Uh, we've done a few ways. So you can get kind of creative. Um, see, your biggest fish is always going to be a winner. Um, you've got your first birdie or someone gets, you know, never happens in our group, a nagel. Um, you know, that's, that's like catching a lunker. Um, <laughs> so there's different points or where we can just go, let's, um, a pot on the big fish and a pot on, uh, um, you know, the low score net and that kind of stuff. So skins game uh, is almost always in play on golf. And then um, for the fishing, it's always big fish and first fish. And then um, uh, smallest fish sometimes gets a pot as well. There you go. Fish. Hey, maybe I got a chance to win some money. Yeah, you're in the money fish. on that deal. There you go. By the way, I was looking at some of the uh, the properties that you guys have at uh, privatewaterfishing.com, and you guys have actually a property, uh, a private lake that people can fish in Guthrie. So I could have pulled the trifecta on Sunday if I wanted to, right? And, I wish and, you would. And uh, get a lure wet. Yeah. That would have been yeah, a good way absolutely. to finish it. Pretty convenient uh, to Oklahoma City there in Guthrie. So, Scott, tell us a little bit more about private water fishing. 
Sure. So we started actually in 1997. So this is share economy before Airbnb. Um, we just happened to do it with lakes. In 2010, changed our name to Private Water Fishing when uh, my partner in the business, Steve Alexander, bought the company. Uh, since then, over the last few years, actually, grown very significantly. We've added more than 40 lakes. We're up over 100 lakes in the club now, uh, up over 900 members. We're still, uh, we haven't really gotten a ton of traction in Oklahoma. We've got 13 lakes, but only 35 members. So the members in Oklahoma uh, are pretty spoiled. They can get on water uh, easily, really, anytime. And, um, got some really, really cool properties. You mentioned Guthrie. We've got a lot of other ones that um, are just sitting there in Fisher looking for some visitors. That is awesome. Um, we've encountered this same kind of a concept in the hunting world previously, uh, but to have this kind of access available for fishing is really just a unique thing. We talk about this all the time in the show, right? The hardest thing about getting outdoors is finding the access often, and to have someone um, or somewhere that you can go to increase that accessibility and increase your chances of having success is really the secret sauce for this, right, Todd? Because especially for somebody that's new, if you're going to take somebody out fishing that's not experienced in this, you want to have early success. Sure. Well, and I also think, you know, we've talked to people who do the same thing, like you said, in the hunting space, Taylor. There is something about whether it's, you know, we talked golf earlier. It's fun to play a new course and try to figure it out. It's also... That's kind of a challenge I know some probably really good anglers like is to get a new piece of water, get on it, and try to figure out where the fish are. So it even for your experienced anglers, it, I would imagine, brings a new challenge that they quite enjoy. Yeah, I think you're, you're, you're right. We have members on kind of all ends of the spectrum, you know, some that are new to fishing, some that are just wanting to get their kids into fishing and want to make sure they get bit. And then some, you know, very serious tournament anglers that just want to change a pace every now and then to be able to go out and, and have a lake to themselves and not, you know, worry about, you know, fighting for spots and just break down new patterns, try new baits, and, uh, you know, just kind of get more time to bat on our lakes. Uh, one thing you mentioned about, you know, getting harder to, to get access is we, we don't have that much public land in, in Oklahoma, you know, it's less than uh, 5% of the, the land is public and same in Texas. So, you know, that access to private land really opens up, you know, places that you just, you just can't get to. And, and with more and more people moving into both Oklahoma and Texas, you know, getting on those public lakes is just getting harder and it's going to get uh, even harder going forward. You know, fishing popularity is up and populations up. It just is going to put more pressure on our public lakes. We're chatting this week with Scott Quigley from Private Water Fishing inside the Outdoor Hour. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, we'll have more after this. Now back to the Outdoor Hour with your host, Taylor Maples, on 1077 The Franchise and the Franchise Mobile app. Welcome back inside the outdoor hour. This is the perfect time of year 
No, it's not deer season. No, there's a lot of seasons that aren't open, but it is definitely getting to be the prime of fishing season. And Todd, to your point, we've got a few more weeks before it just gets unbearably hot out there in Oklahoma. So get out, enjoy the weather, enjoy the 80 degrees while they're still here. It took us forever to break 90. I might go fishing. You say it's going to get too hot. I might go fishing in Colorado in July. Ooh. That's TBD. I might go fly fishing. Where uh, are you going to go? Just right in Estes Park on yeah. the Big Thompson there. Yeah. I might go fly fishing a little bit. So we're taking my girlfriend's kids up there, uh, and they want to do, like, the guided trip, so I may go with them on that deal. Honestly, that's a great way to go. It is. I, that's the first time I went fly fishing was up in Colorado on a guided trip with my dad, and I remember they kind of took us out in the little park in town taught us how to cast and then we went out and it was the first time i'd ever fly fish so yep. i think for them it would be the same experience and uh looking forward to maybe doing that in july that's where i went wrong is for as bad of an angler as i am i'm an even worse guide and i tried to get my wife years ago when we were just dating into fly fishing and we went out a handful of times and i couldn't put her on any fish and I think she's like, yeah, I enjoy standing in the river, and I like looking at the scenery, but, you know, I don't really need to actually fish. Yeah, uh, there are a lot of people. There's a reason it's called fishing and not catching, yeah. right? I yeah. mean, it is it is tough, but the good thing about fly fishing and fishing in general is if if you're not catching fish, you are getting an incredible view usually, yeah. and it's usually pretty peaceful. And I would imagine uh, in this uh, – in this situation with uh, private water fishing, it's very peaceful because, as you guys talk about on the website, private means private, right? Like, you've got the whole body of water to yourself in some circumstances. In all circumstances. Yeah, there you so, go. Yeah, so for our members, basically the club kind of works like um, Airbnb. Once you're a member, you can book any of the lakes in our club, and they're yours for the whole day. No one else is out there. Now, you can take guests, family, um, but... Uh, no, no other member is going to have that lake that same day. So it's it's yours, and um, you get to go be on some you know beautiful ranch or beautiful place and enjoy the scenery, enjoy the the land, and not have have the pressure of being a landowner. We're which- chatting this week with Scott Quigley from Private Water Fishing, and Scott, we didn't have the best connection with you in the first segment we did so why don't you go again for anybody maybe that missed it or has just tuned in a little late tell us about private water fishing sure yeah so what we do Taylor, is we lease lakes from private landowners so many of them ranchers uh, cattle ranchers or uh, high fence hunting operations and we make those lakes available to our members to fish so we um we're a membership because these private landowners don't want us to be an act or a pass through to uh, the public um, and then once you're a member, you pay a day rate to go fish the lake, and that's how the landowner gets paid. So from a landowner perspective, we, we work with them on their lakes to make their lakes better. We help them with the management. Uh, we do an electrofish survey to, to see what's in that lake currently, and then help them with the plan on it, you know, what their goals are, uh, how we can partner with them to help them meet those goals. So many of the landowners actually work with us not for the money but really to help make their lakes better both for themselves and for for other people who who want to enjoy it and uh, seeing lakes you know become really great fisheries and in many cases trophy fisheries is really rewarding for us and and obviously something our members enjoy 
You guys have been in Texas, you said, since 97. I, if I'm remembering correctly, just in the last couple of years, you've started to gain Oklahoma properties. What has that uh, experience been like, and what's the timeline been for getting into Oklahoma? Yeah, we, we had one lake in uh, Guthrie, and it's still in the club. And that, that was um, probably about 15 years or so ago that that was added. Then since then, we've added... Uh, now we're up to 13 uh, lakes in Oklahoma. Uh, continue to look for more. Uh, our issue really is that we just don't have enough members in Oklahoma to fish those. But as we've looked across Oklahoma, there's really some some great water. We've got um, you know Big Ranch in Colgate that's got <laughs> he's got probably 15 lakes on it. We combine some of those lakes on different reservations, but. Um, you know, trophy fisheries, uh, and we were really, you know, blown away by the quality of some of these lakes. We've got one in Bray that's 160 acres. It's the biggest in our club, and um, it's throwing out huge fish, really cool lake. And and so as we got to know the Oklahoma lakes and, and what's available, we just kept looking for more, and, and have, now, you know, we're up to 13. And um, just a good mix of water there. Um Obviously, for us, you know, the good news is uh, it doesn't get nearly as, as hot in the summer. Or the water doesn't get nearly as hot as it does in Texas. So those fish stay active through this. Even for you, it's going to be hot, but they're still a bit more active than they are in Texas where the water gets a lot harder a lot faster. You've mentioned it's membership-based. What does it take to become a member? Yeah, so we've got two different levels. Actually, the the level we just introduced is pretty great for Oklahoma. We've got, I mentioned 13 uh, lakes. Uh, 11 of those are available on what we call our silver membership. That's a $100 initiation fee and then either $200 per year on annual dues or $29 per month to be a member. And that gives you access to about a third of the lakes in the club, but the majority of the lakes in Oklahoma. So for our Oklahoma um leads or members, you know, that's, that's a really compelling value. Uh, otherwise, to get access to all the, the lakes in the club, it's a one-time initiation fee of $300 and then annual dues of $425 per year. And then, okay, so I become a member whether I pick one or the other of those tiers. What does it look like for me to actually reserve some of this water to go fishing? Yeah, so once you're a member, it, it actually works kind of like booking an Airbnb. You go on our website you can, um, and you log in and you either pick the property that you want to go and it shows you a calendar of when it's available. And as I mentioned, with 35 members in, in Oklahoma, um, you know, that calendar is pretty wide open for the lakes. You can get on the water pretty much any time, uh, even, you know, the current day. I could book for this afternoon with no problem on almost all those lakes. Uh, or you can pick a day that you want to go out if you want to go out this Saturday uh, if you want to do that before you go bowling, Todd, you could um, you know, <laughs> book something with no problem. And um, you can pick the date, and then you'll just get a list of all the lakes that are available, and you just pick from that list. I'm curious about, um, you know, different people have different setups with how they like to fish. Some guys tube. Some guys have little John boats. Some guys have, you know, $100,000 bass boats. Um, are all these all these private lakes available to hold all of those type of boats? Are there boat ramps at each of these lakes? Kind of how does that work? Yeah, great question. So we, we have about a third of the lakes, I would say, have either a concrete boat ramp or improved boat ramp where you can take your big boat. 
Um, we have John boats or you know something like a John boat at almost all the lakes available. So if you just bring a battery and trolling motor, you don't even have to have a boat. Uh, and a lot of the folks who haven't really gotten into fishing but want to, it's a great way for them to start without having to commit to you know full boat ownership. And then kayaks have become incredibly popular on our lakes, and I think just at fishing in general, uh, kayak fishing has really taken off. That's a great deal for somebody like me that enjoys getting out on the water and would do it more if I had more access, but also I don't have a boat. My dad's actually got a bass boat, um, so it'd be cool to be able to bring him and do this kind of stuff. But for me, when I just want to go out by myself to have access to property, good water, a variety of different things, um, but also have access to, hey, if there is a boat available there, that's a really great opportunity. I like the concept. Um, speaking of little boats, Todd, I got to tell a short story. I don't think I've ever told this story, but um, one time when I was in Denver, I fashioned up my paddle board into a fly fishing, basically drift boat. I took a milk crate um, and kind of cut it up, and I used some PVC pipe and basically fashioned a little makeshift like some redneck rod. MacGyver. It was stuff you're oh, it, it was <laughs> it was good, man. This was back when I was under and unemployed and had a lot more time on my hands. But fashioned up like a reel and rod holder out of this basket, and then I had a basket that I could put some tackle and stuff in. But I remember specifically, I'd go to uh, Lake Dillon up outside of Frisco and Breckenridge, and I'd get right into the mouth there where the blue spills into it and just ride down through on the paddle board with the fly rod and it was such a dumb idea frankly but it was so much fun um and that just goes to show you don't even need to be catching all the time to get out and just have fun on the water i love having new experiences i love trying new things and being new places and to have access like private water fishing offers where you can go on and check out the menu and just select different properties across a couple of states to go get on the water that's a really really cool concept well and i know this too taylor like we we in this state, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, are the two big college teams. Yep. Oklahoma's about to be in the SEC. That yep. means trips to A&M. Yeah. Right? And if you want to fall fish down in Texas, you can book a couple of these lakes, go fish privately around maybe a football trip, right? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I know, like like you said, you know, we, we all like the golf. You schedule it around the golf trip down to the DFW as well. Schedule it around OU Texas weekend That'd be cool. if you want. There's still really good fish in that time of year. Especially down in Texas, right? You know what else they offer, Scott? I'll have you tell us a little more about this. But in the DFW area, you guys have a duck club available as well. Yeah, absolutely. So for for us, I mean, we've got a lot of water in DFW where we started. And um, a lot of our members, you know, like you, um, both are, you know, pretty passionate about the outdoors in general and have asked us, you know, a lot about, you know, hey, could we hunt on these lakes? Well, you know, eventually we gave in and said, yeah, you know, it makes sense. For our landowners, uh, fishing is not as popular in the, the winter, uh, so they're not getting as many fishing bookings. So uh, we went ahead and turned nine of our lakes into uh, duck hunting lakes for our duck membership and put blinds out and, you know, get them brushed up and, you know, get them really nice uh, so that our, our members can go out and uh, hunt in the morning. And then, um, you know, we can also fish in the afternoon so they can uh, get on the ducks, and then if they wanted to, they could book it for fishing that afternoon as well, or someone else can come in and fish if they're wanting to fish that that time. So when you said you were uh, 
fishing and playing poker, you called it a fish and chips. Fish and chips, yes, sir. I think we should put together a cast and blast where you do some fishing and some duck hunting. Yes, we have um, a lot of our members will will do just that, that cast and blast and uh, make for a fun day. And, you know, we see some awesome picks of, you know, a lot of birds and uh, some big bass. You know, it's a, a big bass time of year as well. So a uh, good time to be out doing both. I know, uh, Scott, when we think fishing, especially when you think private lakes or, you know, for a bunch of us here in Oklahoma, we do a lot of farm pond fishing. Um, you think bass, but are there people fishing these private lakes? I would imagine for other species of fish as well. Are there certain lakes that are maybe known in your group for, you know, being good crappie lakes or good sunfish lakes or whatever? Yeah, absolutely. So all of them have a, a really good sunfish or bluegill population. That's the primary forage, um, mainly for the bass uh, to grow. But uh, with that, you know, those lakes have crappie, uh, catfish. So we have some lakes and some fishermen who really want to just target big catfish. We have lakes for that. Um, you know, some that just want to go out and be able to get a mess of fish tacos and uh, going out and catching crappie. Good news on, on private lakes uh, is that, you know, there really aren't limits. We set the limits based on how we want to manage the fishery. If we were taking out small bass to help the big bass get bigger, or if we're, um, you know, wanting to get all the crappie and catfish out to to kind of limit the competition for the bass. And usually that's the case. So we'll have members go out and take home, you know, 75 crappie, uh, you know, slab crappie from one day out. And uh, you can imagine that fills the freezer pretty good. I was going to ask you about that because from the landowner side, from the people that own these bodies of water, you guys also not only, you know, lease these out and help them make some money on this property, but also you help them with the conservation side of it, right? Correct. And, and for many landowners, that's the hardest part is, is staying on top of the conservation. So uh, pulling out, you know, enough small fish to, to keep the fishery growing and the fish healthy is, is not easy. You've got to get uh, 20 to 30 pounds of fish per acre out, you know, each year. And, um, you know, a lot of the landowners just don't fish that much. Or if they have people fishing, they're not tracking how many fish they're taking out. So We'll do that for them. You know, our members will provide reports back to us. You can see those on our website, so you can see what they're experiencing. And we're tracking how many fish we're taking out to help them with their goals on harvesting. What is the accessibility of all of these ponds and lakes like? That's actually one of the key things we evaluate when we go out. So uh, we're obviously using our shock survey boat to, to gauge the, the bass population and the other fish population, in particular the forage base. Um, but beyond that, we're looking at access, we're looking at, um, you know, the, the kind of aesthetics of the property, the amenities, you know, what boat they have, um, uh, do they have lodging, all those sorts of things. Um, access for us, we're looking for uh, ideally an all-weather road right down to the lake, uh, if not, you know, at least a firm uh, road base. And if it does get muddy, if it catches rain, that's one of the hazards we'll call out, you know, on our, our website about the property is, you know, make sure you've got four-wheel drive uh, or make sure, you know, you're, you're checking the weather to make sure it's not wet before you get out there. We don't want to rut up anyone's property, but generally we're not um, adding a lake if it doesn't have pretty solid access. We're chatting with Scott Quigley from Private Water Fishing. 
this week inside the outdoor hour. You can find them online at privatewaterfishing.com. You know what I want to do, Todd, is go get on some of these lakes and take the pedigo with me. I knew you were going to say that. I <laughs> when I was asking accessibility. Yeah. yeah, I knew you were going to say that. Scott, this has been one of my favorite things to do around here. I have access to uh, some new deer property here outside of Oklahoma City, and we've got a couple of ponds on them that are not accessible at all. Um, and I picked up an e-bike from Pedago OKC last year. Um, I'm riding an Element model, it's called, and it's got the big run-flat mud tires. It's got a suspension front end. This thing is sweet, but it's small enough that I can just pick it up and throw it in the back of my truck. It's not like a full-size mountain bike. It's still compressed a little bit. Um, but man, I had so much fun last year throwing the tackle box on the back of that thing and riding off on the e-bike and going exploring some new waters. So I'm in, man. I love uh, the concept of private water fishing. Check them out at privatewaterfishing.com. You may not need the Pedigo to get on these lakes, but you should go check them out anyways. They're a ton of fun. Pedigo OKC on the west side of Lake Hefner, MacArthur Boulevard here in OKC. Talk to Lance. He'll save you 10%. I actually talked to somebody last week that had gone in and was going to buy two Pedagos because they'd heard about them on this show. So I appreciate the support. I promise you will uh, not be disappointed in the quality of these bikes. It was really cool. This guy actually had a couple of e-bikes from another uh, major brand and called me and was wanting some more information on it. I told him about my experience. We actually met up, and I let him ride the e-bike. Um, and next thing I know, he was buying a couple of them. So, uh, And here's the kicker, spending less money on these than he'd spent on his previous bikes. So definitely check out Pedago OKC. We're chatting with Scott Quigley from Private Water Fishing. We've got one more segment ahead inside the Outdoor Hour. Join us after this. Now back to the Outdoor Hour with your host, Taylor Maples, on 1077 The Franchise and the Franchise mobile app. Welcome back into the Outdoor Hour. Taylor Maples, Todd Lizenby, and Scott Quigley on the line this week from Private Water Fishing. Check them out at privatewaterfishing.com. One of the biggest surprises for me when I moved to Oklahoma was how prevalent fly fishing is in this area. For starters, I had no idea that the southeast corner of Oklahoma was what it is. But I also had no idea how many people are out there using fly tackle, even on lake uh, farm ponds and lakes and all of this kind of stuff. We talked in the break with Scott about smallmouths. I mean, I'm, I'm blown away. Not only that there is a fly fishing community here, but that there's a fly shop of the caliber of J.D. Adams and Company. If you've not been to J.D. Adams and Company, you got to go check them out. Go talk to Dan and Tom and Steve and Josh and everybody that's down there. Not only are they going to help you get better equipped with tackle and gear, but I learn so much every time I'm in that shop. Those guys are just so welcoming and inviting. It's a great experience. J.D. Adams & Company is the name of Oklahoma City's fly shop. It is located on the northwest corner of 122nd and North May Avenue. It's kind of stuck back behind a CVS there. Um, it says fly shop on the side of the building because it is Oklahoma City's fly shop. Go check out J.D. Adams & Company. We're chatting this week again with Scott 
Scott Quigley from Private Water Fishing. Make sure you check him out at privatewaterfishing.com. Scott, do people fly fish on any of these lakes? Is that something you guys have started to see? Absolutely. We're seeing um, heavy growth in fly fishing, both from conventional anglers who are kind of switching over and giving the, the long rod a try, and then also from just hardcore fly fishermen who have moved into the area and are looking for, for water to get on. And once they move to Texas or Oklahoma, they're finding it's a little harder to to get to than, than what they, they moved from. So, yeah, we've absolutely seen a big increase in fly fishermen. And some of the members in our club have actually found us through working with a tackle shop like J.D. Adams and, and uh, doing a guided trip out on one of our lakes. And uh, that experience, you know, often, you know, brings them uh, to our club. Is there a seasonality to fly fishing on ponds and lakes like this? I know we're, we're getting into kind of those dog days of summer. What is the fishing like and, and what's the best chance for success? Yeah, so I, I think fly fishing, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm definitely a novice uh, on that front. But in terms of when you're, you're able to catch the most, it's when the fish are up more shallow. Uh, what we're going to see as we kind of get out of this post-spawn uh, uh, phase is that the fish are going to end into the hotter temps. The fish are going to go deeper. Uh, so on the fly, they're going to be a little harder to get at unless you got that sinking line and, um, you know, kind of know how to, to get your, your flies down deeper. Um, but, you know, they'll come back up in the fall, uh, start feeding more aggressively. Right now, there's, you can still catch them up shallow. They're... they're um, feeding post-spawn, so they're really crushing the bluegill right now. Uh, so we're catching a lot close to the bank still, um, but they're going to start staging off into deeper water, timber, off ledges, uh, as we get, you know, a little bit uh, more into the summer here. Uh, then the winter pattern, you know, will we'll kick into place. Um, you know, we'll see them kind of uh, feed before the winter in the fall and then um, go deeper as well. Then they come back up in the spring and you know, I think that's every angler's, uh, you know, kind of peak season. The Super Bowl of bass fishing is in that uh, that springtime, spawn time. I'm just curious, uh, you know, obviously you talk about the membership that you guys have. Do the members, do they interact with each other much? Do you guys have get-togethers? Do people share tips on certain bodies of water? Um, you know, I, have there been, like, new friendships forged through you guys' memberships at private, private Water Fishing? Yeah, absolutely. So it is a, a community. So we have our, our fishing reports. So we encourage all our members once they go, and, and we don't actually have to encourage them that much. Well, we do pay them for harvest reports, a $5 rebate on the, the trip. So um, our members get to know each other through the fishing reports, and they can tell who fishes like them, uh, who they'd like to go out fishing with. They pair up. They start hitting these lakes together, and then absolutely lifelong friendships are formed. We also have group trips that we do. We just finished one in uh, uh, Colgate at our, our big ranch up there. We had 12 guys go out and just hammer bass all across the different lakes they have there. Um, really great camaraderie and a, a great way to get to know other anglers and, and, and friends. Uh, similarly, we have a big group trip that we'll do in Marshall, Texas a couple times a year. Uh, we'll probably do three trips in Colgate this year. And then we do uh, trips to Mexico for bass fishing uh, down there and get a lot of our members to, to join us you know, on those trips and uh, get to know each other. So I got to know actually Steve, my partner in the business. I was a member of the club for several years. 
and uh, met him. And through that relationship, I'm, I'm now a, a partner in the business, uh, kind of gave up the corporate lifestyle and uh, have settled into to something I, you know, I truly love and um, enjoy being a part of and enjoy, you know, seeing our members enjoy that the, the same benefits I did and um, building that, that community of private water fishing. Everybody's got different goals when they get outdoors. Everybody's got different aesthetics maybe that they're chasing. You've got a variety of properties. Um, is there one in particular that kind of stands out to you? And you don't need to, like, give away your honey hole or anything like that. But, Scott, when you're talking about water, what is it that you're looking for? What do you get excited about when you're looking at the menu of options? Yeah, it's, it's funny. I mean, it, it varies, but the most excited I've been going to a private water fishing um, property was actually last year when I went up to Okmulgee. And uh, we had done the, the survey on those lakes, but it's, it's three kind of four to five acre um, ponds. And, and basically what I was excited about is that's exactly how I grew up fishing was, you know, bank fishing in, in Wehoka. Um, that's where I learned to fish, had a great time, kept going back year after year, was a ranch hand there one summer and always had the pole in the truck just to, at the end of the day, go, you know, cast from the bank and see what was there. Well, um, driving up to Otmogi to do that, I mean, it was basically taking me back in time to fishing those, those farm ponds. And um, it's a heck of a fisher. He caught a ton of fish, really nice fish. Uh, guys with caught one over seven and, you know, just a, a fun day. And it really kind of did, you know, trigger some of those, those great memories I had growing up and learning. Todd, how about Other you? Other than that, I mean, you know, there's this past weekend I was in Marshall, Texas. There's four trophy fisheries there um, and got to have one, one of our members catch a personal best uh, of, you know, eight and a half. And, and seeing that is, you know, super fun too. So. But, yeah, I, I love the bank fishing. If I had one thing I, I could knock off and do in a day, I'd go bank fish someplace and kind of tear it up that way. Yeah, I also started bank fishing on farm ponds, like I think most people do, especially like you said in Oklahoma, Scott. But I, I would also say that one of the things I'd be looking for, and, and I would imagine most of these fit into this, is I don't want to be somewhere really near a road. You know, I want some peace and quiet. I want to hear nature. Um, and when you – throw in on top of that that you've got the lake to yourself i would imagine there's plenty of options for a guy like me right 100 percent, yeah so the the thrill of kind of driving off to one of the properties going through these small towns out of these you know really rural areas to then get onto this private land that no one has that you know that gate code that you've got um to then get it you know through that gate and into the to the the land in our space to see that lake as you pull up on it and then see the, the beauty around it. I mean, um, it is 100% of the benefits of being a private landowner without any of the obligations of having to pay for it or, or take care of the property. And um, yeah, there's a place in um, Boswell, Oklahoma, that I would say uh, is probably the most aesthetically pleasing uh, property we have. You mentioned Southeast Oklahoma waters and, and kind of what they're like. and it's just a gorgeous lake, fly fishing dream in terms of, you know, kind of pretty clear water, a lot of fish, but just tall trees all around it. Um, you'll see deer and eagles and it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's a slice of beauty. You just, you don't get when you're near a city or you live in a city. I love it. I love it. 
it makes me just so sad to be sitting in an office right now talking about this stuff. i know i know we should be doing this somewhere on water fishing right now having this conversation next time we have scott back we'll take the podcaster and we'll do it from a boat of yeah. some kind now what's what if you had to a uh, couple properties i'm guessing down in the dfw what are some of your more popular properties that you guys have yeah we've uh, since most of our members probably about two-thirds of our members are in the dfw area we've got a lot of lakes in the dfw area uh, the one that's been fished probably or has been the most popular this year is one that's in Terrell, um, just east of Dallas. It's actually a quarry lake, and the it's a sand pit. Um, so when you think of that, you don't think of really exotic fishery. But basically what the guy did is he worked with us from the initial kind of design of the lake, leaving islands, creating, you know, 40-foot-high brush piles. Um, and just basically turned it into a skate park for bass. So there's culverts in it everywhere. There's there's structure all through this place, and you're down inside a quarry, so you've got these steep cliff walls kind of all around you, and it is incredibly cool. Um, but people are really going because he's also managed that fishery incredibly well, and it's only four years old, and you've got 10-pounders being caught and just an incredibly strong fish. Um, but the, the coolness factor of it is pretty awesome as well. So that one's probably been our most popular over the last two years. Uh, it's close and it's cool, uh, and it's got great fish. And then we've got a lot of others that are just staples. One that's been in the club since we started in uh, 97 is in Lancaster, just south of Dallas. And that one consistently produces uh, 100 fish days. And they're solid fish. It's not producing 10-pounders because they're mainly uh, native versus Florida uh, bass, but consistently you get really strong topwater, soft plastic bite. There's timber. There's all kinds of fishing options available at that lake, and it's only 10 minutes south of Dallas. One of these days, I'm going to make somebody put their money where their mouth is. We've had several people come on the show and talk about 100 fish days. I don't think I've caught 100 fish in my life. Well, I'm a numbers guy, um, so I'm, I'm not catching big fish very often. I'm catching a lot of, you know, the smaller fish. I'm, I'm throwing small baits in those small areas and just, you know, digging them out of there. And um, at, when I was a member, I had one morning where I caught 100 fish before noon. And, um, yeah, it was just one of those days where everything was on. And um, I was working from the bank primarily and uh, just, you know, crushing them on a little swim bait. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's fun when you get on that kind of action. Your thumb gets really worn out. Um, that's a good day, you know, though. <laughs> it's worth it. Yeah. That's a really good day. Scott, Scott, before we let you go and before we wrap things up here, I know we've talked a lot about from the membership side, but uh, if someone's listening that maybe has some private water and they're like, hey, we don't really use ours for much, this would be something great to use it for. And for you guys, like you said, to help manage it, from the landowner side, um, just explain exactly what you guys do for them. Sure. So the first thing we do is uh, if they contact us either through our website or call us, we have a landowner portal that they can go in and, and learn more about us. But um, they can just submit their information. We'll contact them. And if you know they're generally uh, interested and they have a piece of water we think might be a good fit, we'll come do a, a complimentary electrofish survey, which you know, a, a normal lake management company is going to charge you probably 
about you know 2,000 or more more to do. So um, with that survey, they'll get to be with us and see what's in their lake. <laughs> so what's the forage base? You know, the bass will will take the bass, will measure them. Uh, and weigh them and, and tell them kind of where they are on that body mass index. Just like a, a person, you know, bass have a relative weight. And, uh, you know, once once we've weighed a few, we'll know if, you know, these fish are 110% of their, their weight or 80%. And generally what we find is that 80% and, and what that tells us is they're just not pulling enough fish out. And and that's where we can really help. Um, or, you know, they, they need to add forage. They don't have enough of a forage base and we can help them develop the game plan, whether we're working together or not. But generally when we get out there, folks, you know, are pretty interested in the, in the program and uh, their main concerns are liability and um, are the members going to treat their place nice. And we cover the, the, the liability part with the insurance. But um, once they meet our members and, and realize, you know, they're really super responsible and they want to leave that part that um, that land better than they found it. Um, they love our members and actually enjoy talking to our members when they do see them. And, and the feedback we get from them is, man, these people are so great. Um, it, it is no longer a concern. It's actually a, a real benefit of the program for them. We're chatting this week with Scott Quigley from Private Water Fishing. That's privatewaterfishing.com. Go on and check him out. There's a lot of good information here about how you can get involved with these membership-based opportunities to have access to private water in our state and in Texas. You can check him out on Facebook as well. Uh, they're on social media. Did you say, Scott, was it Instagram, Facebook, and Instagram? Correct. Facebook and Instagram, private water fishing. Just look for private water fishing. We will have Scott back another time. Todd, we may have to get out and do some fishing. I can't believe, honestly, it's taken us this long to get out on the water together. I know. Well, it's, it's schedules are hard when you cover all the sports that sports, we do. Yeah. Um, I, I'm kind of booked basically from August to March. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, when like April, May gets here, I... <laughs> Usually my buddies are like, you want to go somewhere? And I'm like, I just want to stay home for a weekend, man. I don't want to go anywhere. But, yeah, we do need to get out on the water soon for sure. Scott, thanks for joining us this week. You have to put that bowling ball down, Todd. I know, I know. I know there's air conditioning in the bowling alley. That's the thing. That's true. Let's go catch some bowling balls. Come on. (laughs) Scott, thanks for joining us. Scott is from Private Water Fishing. Check him out at privatewaterfishing.com. We are up against it, so I'm going to have to save a story for next week. We recently moved one of my oaky hide blinds on our deer property, and I've got a really cool story about what that experience was like. It's now the second time I've been out with Roy uh, putting up one of these blinds, and I continue to just be blown away at the level of excellence that they have when they're putting these things in. Not only the quality of these hunting hides are over the moon, but the care that they give when they're putting it up. I mean, we're spending time like trying to get this thing perfectly level, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, it's level. We got the levels on the legs. Like, it's good. And he's like, we're not there yet. Like, he could have been done in the heat, could have been out of there much earlier. They just care so much about the products that they put out there and the way that they install them and the experience that they give you. Check out okiehides.com if you're in the market for a hunting hide, and I'll tell more of that story in next week's show. Check out our social media as well. I know you documented some of it. I think maybe on your Instagram I reel. Did. Yeah, yeah. It a was, reason uh, to follow us on social media. Yep. Outdoor underscore hour is if you 
want to hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok, you can find the show page there. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at T underscore Maples. Todd is at Todd on Franchise on Twitter and Instagram. Um, you can also find the franchise at Franchise OK on Twitter and the Franchise Sports on Instagram. One more time for Scott Quigley, privatewaterfishing.com or search for Private Water Fishing on Facebook or Instagram. Scott, thanks for joining us this week. It's been great to chat with you and learn more about private water fishing. My pleasure. Thanks, guys. We will have you again soon. Go check them out. One more time is privatewaterfishing.com. That's going to do it this week for the Outdoor Hour. Join us next week. We'll have more stories, and we may even have Josh back in the studio. We may give him the new gate code, see if he can get in. (laughs) We may. That's the one thing. If you've got private water, you can always change the code on a guy like Josh. Yeah, and we we have, and we will continue to do so. He may get back in studio next week. I know he's got some stories. Oh, he he was tranquilizing and transporting bears last week. I saw another thing on social media if you follow us. I guess we'll bring him in. We can have him tell that story. We'll do that as next long week. as it leads to you being able to tell the story about your bear hunt again. Yeah, I guess we could do that. It's been a while. I could do that. I could tell that story. Thanks for joining us. This has been the Outdoor Hour. Uh, we'll see you next time. Until then, go boldly, and we'll see you outdoors.